Hello, everyone, and welcome to the ChurchleaderInsights.com podcast. I'm Nelson Searcy, the founder of Church Leader Insights and the lead pastor of the Journey Church in New York City's with locations near you. Okay, well, that's not exactly true. We've got locations all across New York, uh, San Francisco, and down in Boca Raton, Florida, in the South Florida area. And I'm really excited that you're joining me for this podcast. This is our regular podcast that focuses on easy for me to say, that focuses on church planting, church growth, and church health. And this podcast, since we're here at the beginning of the year, at least I hope you're listening to this at maybe January or February of the new year, but if not, it'll still be applicable to you. We're going to do a little church health checkup. And uh, joining me for this checkup is the president of Church Leader Insights. And if you're a regular listener of this podcast, or if you're a coaching alumni, you know him well as my friend, Young Scott. So Scott Whitaker, welcome to the broadcast. Uh, It's good to be on the podcast. Looking forward to another uh, great uh, episode of uh, our podcast here. Well, as we get into this, it is another new year. And if the Mayan calendar is incorrect, and if the Lord does not return, uh, 2012 should be a great year. It should be a great year. Uh, uh, what is it? It's uh, supposed to be December 21st, uh, 2012 is uh, the Mayan calendar end of the year, I guess. I'm not necessarily an expert on that, but uh, <laughs> I did see the movie. There was a bad movie came out a few years ago. I think it's in May. I think it's supposed to be in May sometimes. But uh, to tell you the truth, I have a lot more confidence that Jesus might return than the Mayan calendar being accurate. So uh, I do pray for the Lord's return. But if the Lord tarries and you're still listening to this podcast, uh, what is 2012 going to look like for you? And uh, what's going to happen in your life? What uh, about your anniversary? What about your next birthday? What about your church? You know, at the, the Journey Church, we're celebrating a decade in existence uh, as a church. And uh, God's really blessed our church over the last decade. And so we've got a lot to celebrate. Our Boca Raton campus will celebrate one year uh, in 2012. Our San Francisco campus, I think they celebrate uh, three, four years uh, going out there. So a lot of cool stuff happening. And I think it's appropriate uh, for all of us to take some time to think through what the next year is going to be like and what is God leading us to do? What changes do we need to make? What opportunities do we need to uh, uh, to take advantage of? And then even what things do we have to celebrate? So here's what I'd like for you to do. I'd like for you to think about last year for just a moment and think about what went right in your church. Think about what went wrong in your church. Think about what needs to be improved in your church. Think about uh, where you were as a leader last year and maybe how you've grown over the previous year. And then ask yourself, where do I need to go in the next year? What do I need to focus on over the next 12 months? How do I need to grow as a leader over the next 12 months? What do I need to become so that God can bless me and my ministry and our church even more? And Scott, maybe the best way to do this uh, would be for us to look at the eight systems that are inside of every church. And uh, being the president of Church Leader Insights, I should ask, are you familiar with the eight systems of a healthy church? Uh, I think I've heard of these systems before. Uh, I, I hope you don't put me on the spot to name them. Otherwise, uh, I might have to start making some notes right now as to what they are. But no, I think I got to memorize by now. Yeah. So uh, these eight systems of the church thing you speak about, what is that? <laughs> uh, well, you know, last year, one of the cool things that happened at Church Leader Insights, it was a minor thing, but we introduced a new logo uh, at Church Leader Insights. And uh, for those of you that have done this before or gone through this process, you know, that's not as easy as it sounds. And our logo actually has these eight uh, upward mobility spikes, if you will, that represent the healthy eight systems. And so maybe as you think about your church, the best thing we can do for you in this podcast is to walk you through each of the eight systems, not to teach the eight systems per se. We have other uh, materials on that. I'll tell you about even some free webinars we have on that, but maybe to walk you through these eight systems
questions and then use that as a lens through which you can evaluate your church where you have been over the last year and then where you want to be over the next year. So, young Scott, I will let you pick a system and then uh, we'll talk about it. Where do you want to start? Uh, let's start out with uh, one of the, uh, I mean, it's probably the famous system that uh, we have at uh, Church Leader Insights. It's one of our best-selling systems. So let's start out with the assimilation system. Oh, man, I love the assimilation system. And the assimilation system is simply how we move people from first-time guests to members at our church, fully engaged members, I often say. And so as you think about uh, the previous year at your church, how many first-time guests came for the first time, and then how many of them came back for the second time? Maybe I said that wrong. How many of them attended for the first time? They were guests at your church for the first time, and then they came back for a second time. You know, we call that the assimilation rate, and uh, the average church in America only keeps about one out of 20 first-time guests. In other words, if 20 people came to your church for the first time last year, a year later, only one of those will be a fully engaged member at your church. And I've been a student of assimilation for a long time. Uh, Many of you have listened to my assimilation seminar. It's the best-selling resource that uh, we've ever done. And it it works in a lot of different ways, whether you're a contemporary church like us or you're a very traditional church. However it is, it doesn't really matter for this system. Uh, It works very well. In fact, most of my systems now uh, cut across the board. Uh, In other words, no matter what kind of church you're in, whether it's a multicultural church or whether it's an old historic downtown church or whether it's a new contemporary church, the systems work because the systems are kind of like what operates the body. The body can be very different, but you've got to have these systems inside to be healthy. And so it is with this assimilation system. And as we've been able to work on it at the journey, and we track this uh, very specifically and very diligently, and uh, we've been able to get our assimilation rate down to just a little bit below one out of three. In other words, for every 2.8 first-time guests who come through the door, we keep one of those. And so uh, we keep about one out of three people. Now, that wasn't it. For a long time, it was one out of 15. Then we got it down to one out of 12. And then I, when we got it down to one out of five, I thought you can't do any better than that. But we continue to tweak the system. We continue to work on the system. And basically, we do just what I talked to you about in the assimilation uh, seminar and in the assimilation uh, intensive to help you get it down. But here's the question. What's your process What's your step-by-step process to make sure that no first-time guest gets left behind? And then how could you improve that process? How could you develop that process? And if you don't have that process in place or you know it needs some major changes, before we leave, I'll try to give you three ways that you can improve all of these systems. But Scott, that's a good one to start with. All right. uh, I chose this next one because I I imagine a lot of guys are uh, still looking at the new year and uh, looking at their church budgets and uh, figuring out their stewardship system. So that will be our second system, the stewardship system. Yeah, and that's, that's a great one too because it's similar to assimilation. It's how do we move someone from becoming a first-time giver or maybe say it this way, how do we mobilize someone to become a first-time giver and then how do we move them to become a regular giver, a proportional giver, we call that a tither, and then all the way up to an extravagant giver. So over the last year, were you on budget? Were you off budget? Did you cultivate new givers inside of your church? How long does it take for for someone to start attending your church to start giving to your church? Did you hold your leaders accountable to give? Did you hold your staff accountable to give? Or how about in your own personal life? How did you do as a giver over the past year? And you know, the heart of this system is uh, not really about dollars, but it's about discipleship. 
And so what we believe is that stewardship is discipleship. And so you need a healthy stewardship system because that parallels in helping someone in your church become a fully developing disciple. So how's your stewardship system? Maybe you could think of some changes you could make over this coming year. What about following up with your first-time givers? What about challenging and holding people accountable every time they move up the leadership ladder? What about stretching yourself? Here's a good question for you. Do you have a specific giving goal that you need to develop uh, in your own life that you need to adopt in your own life? You know, in the, uh, in the coaching networks that I lead, and I'll tell you about the one I have coming up before we wrap up in the coaching network. A lot of people come into that network thinking they've got a pretty healthy stewardship system, but then we go to work on it and we make some simple changes a lot of times, changes that can be made in a week or two, uh, easy changes that you don't often have to even get permission from your elders or deacons to make. And people see their offerings increase by 15 to 25%. Well, can you imagine what it would look like at the end of this year if you were 15% ahead of budget or 25% ahead of budget? What would that allow you to do when it comes to missions, when it comes to church planting, when it comes to community ministry, when it comes to evangelism in your community, when it comes to planning your big days or improving your children's ministry or adding that new staff member? All that's possible when you go to work on the stewardship system. All right, and our next system is the evangelism system. How do we reach out and reach people who are far from God? All right, Scott, what's the official definition of the evangelism system? I'll put you on the on the hot seat for a moment. <laughs> you shouldn't have done that one. I'm going to uh, show myself here. Uh, the evangelism system, let's see, how we uh, attract unchurched people to our church and we mobilize uh, people for evangelism. How's that? Very good. You get both ends of it. Because it's about attracting unchurched people to your church. We often call that promotion or attractional evangelism. And how do you mobilize your people to do evangelism? And uh, we sometimes call that incarnational or missional evangelism. And evangelism is both and. So what's your plan for your big days over this coming year? What's your plan to maximize Easter this year? What's your plan to maximize uh, the big day one month after school gets out? What's your plan to challenge your people to live out their faith in their community? Do you plan to preach on relational evangelism this year? How often are you going to extend the invitation for people to give their life to Jesus Christ? Well, all that's wrapped up in evangelism. What if over the next year you could see your baptisms double? And the way, of course, to see that is you see the number of new believers double. Well, that would be a really cool thing to do. And in, in the coaching network that, uh, that uh, I lead, we talk about how do you build this as a system in your church so that evangelism is a regular part of your church, not just something that you do from time to time. So evangelism is a very good one. All right. The next one is small groups. Small groups. Now, there's a lot of different types of small groups. There's Sunday school small groups. There's decentralized small groups. But think about the small groups at your church. And in particular, how do you plan to fill your small groups, F-I-L-L, and reproduce your small groups at your church? So whether you're doing Sunday school, traditional small groups, or whether you're doing uh, decentralized small groups, whatever it is, what's your plan to fill those groups? In other words, you want every class to be full. You want every small group to be full. And uh, what's your plan for that? And then how do you plan to reproduce those small groups so that they're birthing babies? How did you do over the last year in that? And then what are some plans for you to do this year? And I just want you to think maybe of one or two things that you can do. And you know, when I teach small groups, I've been pegged as a, a decentralized small groups guy. 
But 90% of what I teach in coaching and what I teach in the small groups uh, seminar, the resource that we have, that applies directly to you and will help even increase your Sunday school attendance. So don't rule out some of the things I have on small groups just because you think, well, I don't do it exactly like Journey does it. It doesn't matter. The system, how do you fill your groups? How do you reproduce your groups? And my semester-based system works very well with the quarterly-based system that uh, so many small groups run on. But think about your small groups and ask yourself how you might uh, improve the health in that area. And our next system is the worship planning system. Now, Nelson, I thought it would be good. Uh, you know, most guys, when they hear the worship planning system, they might think uh, how we plan the music or how do I plan my preaching or, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, how do I plan? But it's really more than that. It's how we plan, execute, and one of the most important keys, evaluate the weekend service at our church. Well, I've preached some messages after which I needed to be executed because they were so bad. But uh, uh, how do we plan, implement, and evaluate uh, our worship services, you know, it, it's a big system and every church has Sunday services or has weekend services or has some kind of service uh, on a very regular basis. Most of us have it on a weekly basis. And so how are you doing in that worship planning? What kind of improvements do you want to make in the worship planning system? How about over the last year, would you say, uh, how did you do over the last year with your worship services? Or here's, a, here's just a really in your face question. What's your plan to improve your preaching? Are you going to listen to yourself on uh, on CD or on uh, MP3? You know, I live by this rule which says I'll never preach the next message until I listen to the previous message. And so I do what's called a message run-through. And if you have been in coaching or you're going to join coaching, I'll teach you how to do that. And, you know, Scott, maybe people are feeling a little overwhelmed here. And I know we've got, what, three systems left, uh, two of which go together. So we've really only got two more systems left. In thinking about these systems, the issue here is not to give you 50 things to do. The, the issue here is to get you to think about it, to get you to evaluate, to get you to think about how you can make improvements. You know, there's, uh, there's an old thing I teach in coaching that there's two ways to double your church. One is to increase your attendance 100% next week. The other is to increase your attendance by 1% for the next two years. And so that's kind of what I teach when it comes to the systems. If you want to uh, get these systems stronger, if you want to make these systems better, if you want to improve your groups and evangelism and stewardship and assimilation and worship planning system and the others we're going to look at, then you want to just make these little changes. And you know, what I do in coaching is I don't overwhelm you with uh, 50 different things to do every month. In fact, we give you a blueprint at the end of each coaching. And if you're brand new to the coaching, here's three things you can do that are going to give you some serious increases in each of these areas. Here's a couple things you can do if you're already familiar with my systems. And then here's some things you can do if you're uh, advanced along the way. And that's how it is with worship planning. Just listening to Last week's message before you teach next week's message, that's such a little thing, takes you about an hour to do, but you'll be amazed at how much better you become as a teacher, as a preacher of the gospel. And then because you're getting better and because you're more clear, more people are going to respond and you're giving the Holy Spirit more of an opportunity to work through your church. So that's uh, that's uh, the worship planning system. All right. The next system is the ministry system, how we mobilize people for significant ministry at our church. Yeah, this is about volunteers. You know, do you have all the volunteers that you need? And then if you do, how could you use the volunteer system to grow people? You know, the truth is, if you're not serving, you're not growing. If you're not emptying yourself out, you're not putting yourself in a position where God can fill you up. And a lot of churches have become stagnant and they've got a handful of volunteers, the 10% who do everything. But you know, I don't believe that's God's plan. I believe God wants to mobilize 50% of your church serving one hour a week or more. 
And so how could you start moving in that direction? How could you develop new volunteer positions? How could you raise up uh, extra volunteers so that you have uh, an A team and a B team and a C team for every ministry uh, in your church? What are the things you want to do, but you can't do because of budget, but you could do if you had the volunteers to do it? Well, that's the ministry system. And then maybe think about this. Did you reward your volunteers last year? And then how could you reward your volunteers this year? How about as a pastor, are you making certain that as much as you can within reason, each week you're patting volunteers on the back, you're telling them good job, and then you're shepherding them to make sure that as they're emptying themselves out, they're also being filled and they're also growing. So maybe that'll spark some comments for you. But I know in the coaching this is always a big discussion because I introduced the volunteer lake. How do you double your volunteer base? And then I also introduced the volunteer ladder. How do you hold people accountable so that the longer they volunteer, they're definitely growing in their faith, they're giving, and uh, they're reproducing themselves along the way. So we'll do these uh, last two systems together because they are closely related. It's uh, the leadership system and the strategy system. Yeah, the leadership system and the strategy system, they sort of go together. I mean, this podcast is really about uh, the strategy system, which is how you constantly evaluate and improve your church. But then this podcast is geared at leaders. And that uh, that is, you know, I'm talking primarily to pastors and church staff in this podcast. Mainly I talk pastor to pastor. But uh, the leadership system is about how we develop leaders at all levels. So here's maybe a good question uh, for us. What's your plan for personal growth over the next year? What's your plan for personal growth over the next year? Let me, let me give you some uh, ideas for how you might be able to, to do this. You see, the truth is growing churches are led by growing leaders. And whenever you see a growing church, whether it's a traditional church that's been around hundreds of years or whether it's a contemporary church that's maybe just getting off the ground or everywhere in between, if that church is growing, it's led by a growing leader. So here's my question for you. What's your plan for personal, professional church growth over this next year? Well, as we've looked at these systems, here's a, here's a few next steps. Number one is maybe you need to pick up one of my resources that ties in with these systems. You know, for every one of these systems, I've got resources that'll help you. And if your issue is growth barriers, I've got a growth barriers resource. If it's assimilation, I've got the assimilation seminar. If it's stewardship, I've got the stewardship seminars. So maybe you want to pick up one of those resources. Why not invest in yourself? You know, those resources are about a hundred bucks a piece uh, on our website, depending on if you do download or CD or whatever your preference is. But wouldn't that be worth it after today to make an investment uh, in that resource? And then secondly, um, I've got a church systems webinar coming up and we've got other webinars that we do from time to time on each of these topics as well. But why not take your knowledge of church systems even deeper? And uh, Scott, you may know the website for where people can go to sign up for the free church systems webinars. Uh, because I don't know when people are listening to this, you just ought to go to this website and uh, you can find the dates. I usually do them on a Tuesday afternoon or a Wednesday afternoon because that fits into my schedule. And I do them at two o'clock uh, uh, Eastern time. And then sometimes I'll do an evening one as well. I don't do them every week, but go to the website and find the dates and you can sign up and learn more about these systems and go even deeper. Yeah, that website is churchleaderinsights.com forward slash systems webinar. Again, that website is churchleaderinsights.com forward slash systems webinar. And if you can't find it, you can always go to the homepage at Church Leader Insights and click on events. And then we have a whole webinars uh, page there uh, as well. Yeah. And then the last next step I would give you is why not be a part of my coaching network that's uh, going to start in February. And so uh, hopefully you're listening to this before then, but I do have a new 
Coaching Network that's going to start on Thursday, February the 23rd. And if you join that network, you're going to get training on all the systems. We're going to go deep in each of the systems. And I'm going to give you step-by-step, very specific, easy-to-implement ideas that you can use in your church that's going to help you maximize the system. And then get this, you're going to get all the resources. You're going to get the resources for all eight of the systems. Plus, you're going to get a lot more. You're going to get uh, stuff about personal leadership and stuff about goal setting and even the opportunity for stuff on time management. In fact, uh, you get almost $2,000 worth of resources just by being in the coaching network. And what's cool about that is you listen to them month by month with me holding you accountable and helping you uh, know how to digest and implement. So why not be a part of my senior pastor telecoaching network? Now, the word telecoaching is a little bit of a misnomer because it's more than just the telephone. It's a telephone and web. And so the way it works is I'm talking to you on the phone and then you're logged into a secure website and you're seeing my notes. And so it's like you and I are talking uh, on the telephone, but then you're able to see my notes and you're able to see my teaching. And it's a 90 minute call once a month followed up by at least a 30 minute Q&A call where you get specific answers to your questions. Now, there is an investment to be involved, and I make no apology uh, for this investment. Uh, There's a monthly fee, uh, depending on when you sign up. In in other words, if you're listening to this early and you sign up early, you may be able to save some money. In fact, you can save quite a bit uh, if you do that. But even if you're listening to this uh, the day before it starts on February 22nd, uh, the opportunity is there for you to sign up. And so even if you have to pay full price, it's more than worth it. You know, people get hung up on the money. But the truth is, for what you pay, it would cost you to go to one conference that you would have to fly to and stay for two or three days uh, at that conference, you can participate in my coaching network for a full year. And the truth is, what's going to help you more? Is it going to help you more to spend a year with me where we're working on your church each month and you're getting specific answers to your questions either by phone or by email from me and my team or going to one conference and being there for two or three days? And look, there's some great conferences, but my coaching network is a proven process. In fact, people who've graduated from my coaching network, we measure it. I mean, if you're a regular listener of this podcast, you know I measure everything. And so we measure what people's attendance was when they started, what it was a year after they end, what was their budget when they started, what is it a year after when they end, what was their volunteer base and on down the line. And just to give you an example of that, the average church sees their attendance grow by 25 to 30 percent within a year after they finish the coaching network and they see their budget grow in a a very similar fashion between 20 and 25 percent and we can document those numbers and you know i've coached all kinds of churches one of the big questions i get is well you know i think my church might be too big for you to coach well i've coached churches of 6500 and maybe you're bigger than that so maybe i can coach you uh, the average church that uh, I coach is probably closer to 300 uh, along the way. But in a, in a group of a dozen people, I'll have one or two that uh, would be 1,000 or above. And then I have one or two that are maybe 100 or 65 or perhaps even just a little bit smaller, depending on the church's situation or denomination, or maybe they just launched or whatever. But that sweet spot of 150 to 250, that's where the majority of the churches fall. But then, you know, uh, you have two or three that are in the five 600 range and around it goes. And then I've coached pastors of all denominations, from AME Zion all the way down to Vineyard. 
And the only reason I say vineyard is I can't think of a denomination that starts with a Z. But the truth is, if there's a denomination, I've probably coached someone from it because I've been coaching since 2004. I've coached over 1,100 pastors in almost all 50 states. I think there's maybe one state in Montana that we haven't coached anybody. But so if you're from Montana and you want to join my coaching network, we have an opportunity for you. And uh, there might be one other state that I haven't coached anybody from. But then outside the U.S., from the Philippines to South Africa uh, to India, uh, well, actually a number of places in South Africa to Europe and Australia, and New Zealand and Japan. Uh, the network that's coming up is going to be a fantastic network. And so I really want you to get involved and I want you to pray about this. You know, we as pastors, we sometimes miss out on what other people have already figured out. You know, the, uh, the folks in your church, like the sales executives or the insurance professionals or uh, maybe even the doctors and lawyers in your church, they know the power of finding someone who's a little bit further down the road than they are, who's figured out a few things that they fi- haven't yet figured out, and they join them for a coaching network. And, you know, doctors and uh, lawyers and sales professionals, they sometimes pay thousands of dollars a month to be in coaching networks just like the one I lead. And so if you would take this network to them and say, look, you know, for a few hundred dollars a month, I could be in this network. I'm going to get the vast majority of that back and all these free resources. But more importantly, this guy, Nelson, who knows a lot about church systems and is affectionately called the church systems guy and or the church growth guru, whatever it is people call me these days. This guy can help me and can help our church grow and help our budget grow, help our volunteer grow, help us be more healthy over the next year. Oftentimes they look at what I charge for coaching and they say, hey, man, that's a third of what we pay in the secular world or that's even a tenth of what we pay in the secular world. You need to get signed up. And so I bet you could find uh, an elder or a deacon or I bet your board would agree to do that or just do what a lot of people do. Pay for it out of your pocket. You know, take the money and invest it in your church and see your church grow. Now, I don't give any scholarships to the network, and the reason why is, if I gave you a 50% scholarship, you would only show up 50% of the time. So we don't play around with the money. The money is what it is, but I guarantee you this, I will deliver more than promised if you join my coaching network. And I have all the information at the at the website, and uh, it's right here on the page if you're listening to the uh, podcast online, or you can simply go to churchleaderinsights.com forward slash telecoaching, T-E-L-E coaching. You know, what most people don't know about Scott is that uh, he is a coaching alumni. And in fact, everybody on our staff is a coaching alumni as well. And we'll be the first to tell you that our coaching network's not for everybody. You know, if you want to be apathetic, if you're going to come to the network and you're going to whine about your denomination and you're going to tell us 50 different reasons why something won't work in your church, or if you're the kind of person who, you know, doesn't like to be challenged and you're the kind of person who doesn't like to read and you're the kind of person who likes to sleep late and uh, not do a whole lot when it comes to your church. In other words, if you're the kind of person that doesn't want to fulfill your calling, you just want to draw a paycheck and you want to be a hireling, then this network's not for you. Okay, this network is for people who are serious about the gospel and are serious about seeing their church grow. And so I would say that there's some people we talk out of being in coaching just because it's not right for them. So maybe you're wondering if coaching is right for you. So Scott, I'm thinking if somebody had a question about coaching, maybe they could contact you directly and uh, you guys could have a conversation and then you would give them the straight truth, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we talk through uh, with all sorts of pastors and all sorts of uh, backgrounds and 
uh, find out what's going on in their church and uh, help answer the questions they may have. And sometimes uh, the network isn't the right fit for them. I mean, they're looking for, uh, you know, I was talking to one pastor recently. As a matter of fact, he was looking for a consultant. Uh, he was actually looking for somebody to come into his church and put together uh, a strategic plan from an outsider's perspective and and uh, wanted a, a consultant. And we just said, uh, we, we don't do that. That's not the coaching network. Uh, I, I believe uh, what we offer in the network is better than a consultant because a consultant will come in and uh, do a maybe a two or three day evaluation and then uh, leaves and uh, sends you some sort of uh, plan. But uh, the coaching network, man, you get a, a monthly blueprint every month. Uh, as a result of the system. So we'll, we'll talk through uh, what sort of uh, obstacles you're facing. And if the network's a fit for you, we'll let you know. If it's not, uh, we'll let you know that as well. And uh, Nelson, I'll just go ahead and give my uh, phone number. Uh, you can call me directly at, at uh, my office at 770-683-5435. Hang on. Uh, Scott's never given me his direct number. So yeah, well, get that. Get it to us one more time. Uh, 770-683-5435. And uh, you'll either talk with myself or uh, I may send you over to one of our team members, uh, David, uh, who's also a coaching alumni, who's on our, our staff, and uh, he can answer uh, any questions you may have as well. So uh, we definitely want to make sure your phone call uh, gets answered. And uh, if for some reason you do get the voicemail and we're helping other uh, pastors, uh, then uh, your voicemail will be, t- re- will be returned promptly. Yeah, and uh, this network that's starting in February, it's going to be, uh, I'll be leading it at 11 a.m. Eastern time. So that's 8 a.m. out uh, west. But then uh, wherever you are around the world, you can convert that. But here's the thing. We record every one of the calls, and then we post them within a day or two after the call. So even if you can't be on each of the calls, you can listen to it. And so if you're in a a strange time zone, uh, I don't mean strange because it's different. Strange to me, for example. Like if you're in a time zone where you'd have to listen at 2 in the morning or something, uh, then this this would be the great option for you. And so pray about that. And then uh, either way, find a step that you can take that's going to improve the systems in your church. And don't let the next year pass without you doing something that's going to make a difference uh, for the kingdom uh, in your church. And I pray this next year is just a great year for you. So, Scott, thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Nelson, thank you. And we'll see you back again next time at churchleaderinsights.com.